on today's OTP Road to Nashville. Number 99 of your Tennessee Titans, Jarrell Casey. The four-time Pro Bowler joins us to recount his 2011 draft experience, talks about his physical transformation, discusses his rise to becoming one of the NFL's best players, and shares his opportunity to take part in the 2019 NFL Draft. All that and more with Jarrell Casey, our guest on the OTP Road to Nashville. And we start now. Less than a week before players are picked in Nashville. Welcome to the OTP Road to Nashville. I'm Mike Keith with Amy Wells. Hello, Mike. Special guest. Big special guest. Four-time, four-time, four-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman, Jarrell Casey. Four-time. Four-time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Who on April the 26th will take the stage first in Broadway to announce the Tennessee Titans. Third-round pick. Third-round pick, which is only fitting because... I was in the third round myself. He was oh, a third-round pick. How poetic. Pick. Let, me, let me ask you about this real quick, though. So the draft's in Nashville. Dope. When, when you got here in 2011, any chance in your mind Nashville would ever host an NFL draft? To be honest, no. Okay, no. No. All right, so... <laughs> You are one of 64 current and former players that get this honor. Eddie George will make the second-round pick. You will make the third-round pick. The list is phenomenal. Nice. Hall of Famers, current Pro Bowlers. I mean, it is a show-stopping lineup. It's like an Ocean's Eleven movie Only way in terms Music of City stars. Can do it, it right? is. That's a good analogy, Mike. And it's, to me, yeah. To me, he is a George Clooney or Brad Pitt. Oh, I take least, that. At least a Matt Damon. I take that. At least a Matt Damon. You know? But I'm serious, though. I mean, this is – I can't I can't wait to see all these guys. It's definitely and about to be unbelievable. Jarrell Casey, you're one of them. So, I mean, is it mind-blowing? Definitely. Um, who would have thought a young kid like me from Long Beach, California, would be up on the stage in a nice suit? I got a nice suit getting made right now, actually. It's pretty, Color? pretty dope. I can't. Hey, okay. surprise. Uh-uh. Surprise. Okay. It's going to be pretty nice. Um, so, my guy, Troy, he's making it for me. Troy Anthony Company, um, they're making the suit for me. It's going to be gorgeous. Uh, you going to wear a cowboy hat? Uh, I should. You should. I should. You should you know walk what? I think I'm going to take that. I think I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go give me one. Throw some boots on with the suits. Nice. How about that? How about that? <laughs> no, do, so do straight you are the Nashville, Nashville guy. Style. The sheriff is here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now, it's definitely going to be a great, exciting, you know, event. And, you know, to bring the draft here is something that, you know, the city need. We've been growing so big over the last couple of years. Um, over a million some people come here almost a, every year. Right. And so to have that type of crowd, they've been saying how the press been doing, how the crowd's been getting behind them and all that, and seeing how great we've been doing over the last couple of years. Um, I think, you know, it's only fitting that we get something this big. So, you know, the draft is welcome here at any time. You've done this before. This is not your first time calling a pick in the rodeo. NFL draft. I'm my first rodeo. I did it two years ago, uh -huh. actually, um, and it was definitely great. Got Janu. Janu is my guy. Um, I got to pick pick him, and, you know, he came in and doing great things. So I think, you know, all the picks that come through me is going to be always great. Well, <laughs> and look, Eric Bacharach just did a piece for the Tennessee and about the five worst draft picks. I'm not going into that. Yeah, but that the seems nasty. But the five best, and I thought his list was interesting. At number five, Albert Hainsworth, okay. who was a first-round pick. 
At number four, Jarrell Casey. Mm, too far down for me. At number three, Chris Johnson. Great At number company. two, Keith Bullock. And number one, Javon Kurz. I uh, can't, can't fight that list. Okay, now, I, I can make the list. case. I'm not going to disagree with Eric. Eric does a great job, and, and I respect his list. I can make the case you're number one. And the reason I can make the case you're number one is the other four guys were number one picks. You're going into your ninth year with the ball club. You have 611 career tackles. You have 46 sacks. You have 55 tackles for losses. You've been to the last four Pro Bowls. You could have gone to the last six, six. Pro Bowls. Yeah. Ignorant Jarrell Case. Well, I know. Yeah. You, you should have <laughs> Get it. taken the chance as an alternate. But we've been through that. We've lived and learned. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. But to get you at number 77 overall. What a steal. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. What a steal. I mean, now, I – I, it would be a fight with Javon because at the moment we drafted Javon, he was the first ever drafted Titan, and he transformed the 99 defense into what it became to take the team to a Super Bowl. And, and at the time for the franchise, too, Amy, getting an SEC guy with the nickname The Freak and people knew him, and then he came in and was Rookie of the Year, it was so big – for the establishment of the franchise in Nashville. So I he set I, the tone. He set the tone. He set the tone. So I could certainly make the case. But I can also make the case that because of value, because of longevity, because of production, because of what you've done in the community, I, I mean it's you can make a case for Jarrell Casey. Amy's going to make the case now. The I think that I would make the case that Jarrell Casey is number one based on consistency of play, based on value for where you were drafted, based on the amount of Pro Bowls and other accolades that you have received. Based on the fact he's sitting here. Based on the, the fact that, that he's been on the show. <laughs> And that is the biggest deal. <laughs> he came and did the OTP. <laughs> but really, there are so many different things that I think could contribute into what has made Jarrell Casey such a good draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, at number 77. Yeah. Jake Locker that. was the first pick. Akeem yes. Ayers was the second pick. And then Jarrell Casey at 77. I pulled up your combine stuff. I actually I didn't do too at the combine. It was surprising it, it to me. It was not no not good at all. You to, it wasn't your <laughs> not, not, not your shining I'm not moment. A, I ran the forty. The time. I'm not a tester. Ran uh, the forty in five point oh six. That's not bad. Uh, you're a big dude. Well, I mean, compared to compared, Wands, compared to that speed, well, that okay. I really show out there. And, and, I'm trying to help you out, man. And, uh, you nah. play a lot faster than that. Oh yes. I mean, twenty six reps on the bench. That's good. Vertical jump twenty seven and a half. Mm. Um, broad jump 101 solid three cone 7.51 20 yard shuttle 4.78 do you want to hear the analysis okay this is gonna be fun. do you want strengths first or weaknesses first let's go with the weakness first. okay i like to hear what the negative people have to say <laughs> well no this is just the evaluation from let's nfl.com go. okay a little bit on the short side and struggles to get his hands inside the blockers pads Lacks the ability to anticipate the snap and is a step late on occasion. Mm. Does not show a repertoire of pass-rushing counter moves and lacks a closing burst. Tires quickly and must work on physique and stamina. You know what's so crazy? Okay. The day that that, that analysis came out, I dedicated my life to that. And if you can tell now, that's exactly how I play. Well, I've yeah. been corrected every one of those issues <laughs> that they have about me. Well, listen to the strengths. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, you – 
Some guys. So I, I mean, can't pass rush. I got 46 stems. That's stacks. right. Yeah. Um, they said I can't keep my hand inside it. I do that every play. Yeah. Um, they said I was slow. Um, I think I, I think I didn't show that. Chase yeah, it down, you, Brandon Marshall. You're not slow. Mm-hmm. Um, they said what the they said on there that uh, my I don't stamina, want to repeat it. I yeah. think I played what 95 percent of the snaps. Tires quickly. I think I can't be that tired. <laughs> Well, you certainly have worked on your physique. That's yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. weighed, It says you weighed 300 at the combine. What do you go now? Right now, 280. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 280. I mean, you are a completely different looking human Definitely. than when you got here eight years Definitely. ago. I was it's so, funny to look so at. So pudgy back, <laughs> back when I first got well, here. Well, it's just everything about your face has changed. Your whole, The structure of your body has changed. The pictures changed. are obvious. The That's, pictures are funny. All right, let me do the strengths, though. Let's go. I didn't, not, I didn't say funny. Oh, no, I said funny. <laughs> okay. That's I fine. I that. take that. All right. <laughs> Casey is thickly built with good speed. Quick off the ball, plays with good leverage, and anchors against the run. Utilizes a strong punch to knock offensive linemen back on their heels and has fast hands to quickly disengage. Powerful bull rusher that can collapse the pocket. Flashes the ability to make tackles in space. You know, I've thought all those things. You you actually wrote this. You know, I've noticed. The only one I would say is probably the bull rush. I don't never bull rush, really. I have a strength to knock people back in the run game. But pass rush, it's just bull rushing. Don't, it don't work for my type of game. I like to play. As well, you don't know, rush the passer like a typical defensive tackle, Not which is all. which is a – and I mean that is a very good thing. No, definitely. Definitely. I'm more of a – like, I think I'm a DN at heart, you know. I think right. – man, pin me on the edge, let me rush sometime. But coach like, nah, we're going to keep you inside. You're doing a great job there. So, you know, I take, my, I take that pride because I see how they work on the edge. And I'm like, in order to get to the quarterback, I got to do exactly what they're doing. So bull rushing the guy to me is a slow process to get into the quarterback. How often do you try to campaign with a coach to say, no, I want to do that over there? The or, hey, I can do this. All the time. Really? I try to do it in practice just to show them I can do it. So one day when they when they watch a film, they like, okay, let's make something up real quick because Joe definitely can do that. And so I do it all the time. The coaches then, it shows. It's time you see me on the edge, time you see me standing up over the nose, and at times I'm in my regular three three, um, three technique. So it definitely my, my practicing and practice playing around, Definitely shows for the coaches. The so two, I'm going to continue to do it. I two, think I'm going to go to office now. The 2011 <laughs> draft was strange because we were in the lockout. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here, here's yeah. what I wonder. Did you take pre-draft visits? Actually, I didn't. I took zero. Took zero pre-draft took zero. visits. Okay. Had you had any contact with the Tennessee Titans? No. Okay. Legally, you couldn't, right? Well, I mean, you yeah, because the, the draft process was going on. Oh, okay. And because there was some talk about players attending the draft, the first-round picks, and they sort of came to a tacit agreement with the players' union that, look, this is their moment, let them have their moment. And then the players could come in for a day. Like Jake Locker and Akeem Ayers came in, and then they had to go right back out, and they were not allowed to come back here until the lockout ended. Wow. So you had had no contact with the Titans. Not one bit. Not at the combine, nothing. Okay, so when they picked you, what were you doing? It's the third round, so this is Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. So actually, I I actually had a little gathering with my family and everybody. I just I just knew it was you know I was definitely gonna go in the third round. It's like I didn't got passed by on the first second round. There's no way I can go any later than this. So me and my family had a cool little gathering at my sister's house, and we just really hanging out and literally we um had a little TV crew and everything. I don't know why. I was just doing it. Um, 
So we over there because first we thought we was, I was gonna go either first or second, but then when I, that all passed by, we already had hired the whole ordeal, so we just cup them, cup them for the whole time. And so next thing you know, next thing you know, dude, I'm in the third round. 77 pick comes up and Tennessee come across the screen. I'm not thinking at all that they about to pick me. And I hear, I hear, I see a six uh, six one five number pop up on my phone. I'm like. I don't know this Erico at all. <laughs> I don't know nothing about it. And next thing you know, you see across the ticker, Drill Casey to the Titans. And I'm, my mind just started going nuts. I'm start bawling, crying. And, you know, we got my mom and my pops beside me. They all crying. And literally in, in a split second, I'm like, Tennessee, where 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 is this? We've never been. I've never, never been. Never knew what Nashville. Nothing about Nashville. Did you know the I Tennessee Titans? I hate to say, Titans, I kind of didn't even know about the Titans. Okay, like as a team, period. So it was kind of shocking to me. I'm like, I don't know nothing about them. I don't know no nothing about the culture that way. I don't know what the weather going to be like. Um, but as soon as I got the phone, I started googling, trying to figure out everything about them. And you know, at the end of the day, it became a great organization for me and a great fit for my family. Were there other teams that you had been talking to that you kind of expected to make that call? I thought the Bears was one, the Bears was one team that I talked to a lot during the pro oh, day. You'd have been a bear. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I thought yeah. that was I thought that was going to be one team. Um, I had a little bit of talk with the Steelers, but they really didn't press too much. It was just more so trying to like mentally get get to you. Um, but outside of that, even at like the during the um, combine situation, I didn't have too many visits. Like. I didn't, honestly, it came to a point when I got done with the draft. I'm like, um, with the combine and pro day, like, am I even gonna get drafted? <laughs> nobody's coming to talk to me about visits. My agent, them, they just like, just stay patient. It's gonna come. Just, just chill. Nobody reached out. Nobody called just to have a basic conversation. Nobody invited me up nowhere. So the whole time I'm going through this whole thing, like, I'm not getting drafted. Something's going on. I'm, I'm, something's wrong. And. Thank the Lord every day that, you know, Titans took a chance and they picked me up because if it wasn't for them, I, who knows where I would be right now. If someone have, would have described what has gone on over the last eight years to Jarrell Casey moments after you got that phone call in 2011, could you even have imagined what all would happen? Nah, not one bit. Nah. Did you have any no. idea you could be this good? Um. Yes. I used to always tell people all the time, as long as I make it to college, that was always my thing. As long as I make it to college, I know I can be successful in the NFL. It's just playing the game of football was my love of, you know, the sport. I just – everything else behind it, I didn't care too much about it. But the love of the game is what keeps me going every day. So I just knew I can always outwork somebody, no matter how strong somebody else was more strong or more talented, I'm going to outwork them. And that because, you know, some people don't love the game as much as others and they get a little complacent. And I always knew that, you know, I'm always work hard. I'm always give everything I got for whatever I'm doing. And literally, so when I got to Tennessee, I already said it from day one. I said, I hate to say God, but I'm going to start right away. You know, it's going to be my spot. And as long as I do that, I'm going to become a Hall of Famer. And that's what I came into the mindset with. And that's what basically happened. And just say thank you to Tracy Rocker for basically giving me the opportunity. I'll say probably going into the third preseason game, he finally gave me the starting role and was like, okay, you deserve this, you earned it. And I took off from there. Really just shot off. And the first year they kind of was like, oh, I don't know if you can still pass rush that little – I don't know if you can pass rush or not. So they only let me play the run. And I led the team in um, the D-line and in, in the tackles and everything like that. 
and only had what two sacks that year. And then next thing you know, uh, third year they brought in Keith Millard, and I would say hands down he's the only guy that really believed in me um, at that time. He fought for me to be on the pass rush group, and he worked with me every day. And he was like, "Bro, I see a talent in you that nobody else is seeing." And literally, he sh- that year I had what ten and a half that year. And it just took one guy to really believe in what I knew I could do and give me the opportunity to do it. And he definitely did that. And that's what took me to that next level. And ever since then, I'm like, shoot, I can do this year in and year out as long as I stay healthy. And literally, that's what what I've been trying to do, stay healthy and everything else will play itself out. But there's a balance to having that confidence, though, right? Especially coming in as a rookie, there has to be a balance to saying, yes, I know I can do this. Yes, I can be successful but also working hard and kind of knowing your place? I mean, as a veteran now, I'm assuming you look for that balance in rookies coming in? Definitely, because you don't want to never come in with the whole cocky mindset, you know? So a lot of times I used to just sit back into the locker. Like, this is what I'm saying is I'm saying to myself. I never would go to the vets and say this because the whole time they used to talk mess. I hate to say it, like, the vets used to <laughs> talk mess so much. Hey, bro, you too sloppy. You too, you know, you bad body. And everybody just sitting in the locker like, one guy's gone. <laughs> Next guy's gone. <laughs> I'm like, it is what it is. You know, it comes that way, you know. But at the end of the day, I just stay humble. I try to stay to myself. Um, once in a while, I shoot back with them to have fun, obviously. I didn't want to be that guy that's, okay, oh, you the rook. You're going to stay to yourself. So I vibe with the vets. I hung out with them a lot. And literally, I just try to soak in, soak in the things I didn't like about them and see how I was going to treat other people. And literally, if you ask the, ask the rooks and all them now, I'm probably one of the nicest guys that come in and probably one of the only guys that talk really to the rooks that much. And literally, it was some, it was just the way how I was treated when I came in. They used to talk bad about me. I used to think, like, why would you want to do this to somebody that's supposed to come in and help you? And literally, um, now I just try to make sure those guys, they understand that, you know, when you come in, you can talk to me. You can sit down. You can approach me. We can have a conversation off about football or without football, whatever it is. And literally, that's how I try to take, take it on now. We remember, we've seen the pictures, you discussed it. You have transformed your body over eight years. What what led you to do that, and what was the key in doing that? What led me to doing it was, one, like I said, the guys picking on me at the end of the day, and then just seeing guys come in year in, year out, like, damn, these dudes are in shape. Like, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, I'm not, I hate to say I'm not a big workout guy. I'm not a guy that likes to get in there and just pound the weights. I'm more always about cardio trying to you know just stay in good enough shape to be out there and play but in order to take your game to the next level you got to have some type of strength behind you some type of you know stamina and in order to do that I had to share some pounds and i literally say my boy Derek morgan as we all know he was one guy that just tried to take care of the body as much as he could always every time i see him he's doing something extra doing doing something a little more and so i'm like you know what why not give it a try you know, he's doing it. I seen how his body kind of transformed a little bit from when I first met him. He was a little pudgy guy. And then next, you know, he started, you know, developing, started to see a little better health for himself. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me was like, OK, I see Derek's doing it. He was and again, he was one guy, only guy that came in and accepted me as as a rookie right away. Took me under his wing. Like, if I need anything, I can call him. Like, so I really started to follow his trend to see what he was doing. And I seen like as I start doing it, it started to work. And I'm like. Why not push it even harder? And so, you know, two year, two three years ago, he started the vegan trend. And when he did that, it really helped me shift my body a whole lot. And that right there was the biggest transformation because my stamina went up even more than what it was. Um, able to, you know, to go out there and lift more weights and 
get, get not be all sore and enjoy the weight weightlifting process now. And so I think that was the biggest thing is just really having someone to really mentor me and really understanding somebody that can like not necessarily push you or motivate you to do it, but you know you had somebody to do it with. You know, trying to do the switch by yourself was kind of it would have been a little tough. But having a team of guys that's really in the to give it a try and things like that is what helped me, you know, stick with the diet, help me continue to go on and make make a better change for my body. Are you still vegan now? Is that something you're still doing, or is it like an eh, kind of thing? Uh, that kind of thing. I'm more of a pescatarian. I I started eating fish now. Um, the vegan diet just honestly was down about two seventy something before the season was over. So I just like okay, I'm losing weight too you much. Weight two seventy something yeah, at the end by of the end of the season. Yeah. Wow. So I just it was it was hard just to keep the weight on. Like the process was great, you know, you feel amazing. But, you know, I started to feel like my whole thing was I built enough strength to hold up. Remember I used to talk about I want to hold up in the double team. Sure. And then as the season start going on, you start to see it progress a little bit cuz the weight changes, you can't you can't hold up as much as you want. Now I got to get off the ball even harder than I want to, you know, causing yourself to put more harm to yourself and stuff like that when I can just, you know, lock a guy out, hold him when I, I used to be able to do that. But now I got to explode off the ball, knock him back, get rid of him. And it kind of helped me, though, because I got to change my game up a little bit better, which which helps me a lot to make more plays. But um, I just want to, you know, get that weight back, back underneath me. So now, you know, teams want to double team a lot more. And so now I got to be able to hold up against those double teams even more because now I don't get really too many single blocks. I got to make sure I can handle the double team. So I just try to make sure I, you know, keep some type of protein, a little heavier protein on. on and in order to do that, I use fish. And so it keeps it. I still do only like the size or whatnot. I still try to keep the vegan style on that. But outside of that, I just pescatarian is what I'm doing now. That's the we were dumbfounded by the whole vegan thing, because mm-hmm. for you guys to be such big men, Everybody on the outside wondered, can you get enough protein? Because that's that would seem to be the hardest part. Well, you can if you're like a lot of people. They do a lot of like um, a lot of supplements and stuff like that, like a lot of protein shakes and like all that with the diet. And that's how you keep on a lot of protein. Or you have to really eat a ton like every day. You just you know, basically like five meals a day. You just keep on eating, and that's how you keep it on. Because you have some people that's bodybuilders and stuff that that understand how to really do it. And for me, I don't have a true nutrition that I'm just going and getting a routine from. So I'm trying to do it myself, learning and everything like that. It was a little harder for me because I'm not a big eater. Eater, I can't go home and just stuff food all day long. I just felt so bloated. So for me, it was more so, you know, I eat my regular three meals a day and I go on about my business. And so it, I start to see that weight come off. And so, you know, like Derek, he, he's snacking all day. He, got, he, he understands how to do it. And I'm just sitting here like, I can't do that all day. I will feel <laughs> terrible. I feel so I never really gave that process a chance. But, you know, if you got somebody that understands the vegan, vegan lifestyle and understands everything you're supposed to do to keep that protein on and know all the right meals to get and all that, it's, it's easy to do. But, you know, if you're not taking it completely 90, uh, 100% serious, it can be a difficult process. Here's what's interesting about this, Amy, is uh, when I started with the ball club, Eddie George was the only guy who was like this. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't vegan. I'm just talking about the fact that he was intentional. Yeah. And Chris Hope and, and David Thornton and the group that came in 13 years ago, they were intentional about what they ate. Now it's like everybody is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're everybody on the ball club – is I mean they're not running through the fast food drive through. I mean you guys just don't do that anymore. Nah, do they? I would say honestly the first time I've been back to the fast food um, fast food was this off season. Me and my wife we had to do In and Out 
Well, of so, course. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. the got the grill, got the um, got the little veggie sandwiches and stuff like that. It's still not the same as a burger. No. Hate to say, still not the same as a but burger. But you're California but people. You got You got to try out. the In and Out. Um, but that right there was definitely a bad decision because we were so messed up eating all that cheese. It was yeah. like, oh, why did we do this? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, we, I, we get a little too, you know, we was on the toilet for for some days. Was, <laughs> double double with oh shake. Oh my god. Double yes. double with fries and a shake. <laughs> That sounds shake, so good. The Neapolitan shake. Oh yep. my gosh. Taking it back real quick. But you grew Ooh. up with it. <laughs> that sounds so good. Yeah, but it definitely was tough. Was it hard to get as many guys as you guys had on board with the vegan diet? There were, at some hard. point there was like ten or twelve 15. guys that were doing fifteen. 15. There you go. It definitely wasn't hard though. It was like once they seen one guy do it and they seen the pro the, like I said, I seen Derek do it. Once I did it, seen the process, they seen the the results coming from it. Then Daquan got on it. He started seeing the result. Then you know, Brian got on it. Wesley got on it. Logan came and joined. Like once everybody started to see the progression and start seeing what what you were doing on the diet, it made it easy for them to transition over. And now not everybody was 100% vegan, but everybody started to adapt the lifestyle of okay, I can eat this for the week or whatever, and then I can still go and do what I need to do. But as long as the majority of my time is me eating properly. And it's not even necessarily you have to be vegan. If you just take your time and, you know, thinking about the food that you're putting into your body and you're just not, like you said, going out, getting fast food, going to restaurants all day, and you just at home, you're cooking it properly, seasoning it the right way, not over-seasoning, it makes a, your life a lot better. And you have the energy. And at the end of the day, we're, we're top of the game athletes. We need to make sure we're doing that in order to stay healthy and be out there on the field. And as you see, we didn't have too many injuries on this team throughout the whole season. And if we did have injuries, they was able to bounce back with no problem. Right. And I would love to say that was a testament of, you know, the lifestyle of eating proper. Who's the hardest quarterback in the league to sack? The hardest quarterback. Everybody knows that. TB, Tom Brady. I would say just because it's his play clock he have in his head. He know how to get rid of the ball and a snap of a finger whenever he – the quick release and all that, he's definitely the hardest quarterback to get to. And they O-line, they do a great job of protecting. I hate to say, uh, everybody always talk mess about they, they O-line, that they're not good, they're not the best guys in the league, but they one unit that know how to play together. They, so I have to say that that's one team that's tough to say. Are you excited about going against them in preseason practices, speaking of the Patriots? Um, yes and no. Okay. Uh, I would love to because at the end of the day, it's the best team in the league. I had to hate to say they wanted the best team. They've been winning nonstop Super Bowls. You know, you yeah. can't you can't argue that. And you know, to get a team like that in front of you, to practice against the whole week, it's just gonna make your team that much better. But me personally, I'm a guy. I hate camp. Like <laughs> they can get rid of camp. And we can we can go on into the season mode. Um, camp, you know, it comes with too many injuries. You, get, you see too many guys get hurt. We already talked about in team room. Like most of the injuries that come is in preseason. And guys don't get to make it to the season, and so you know, to me personally, they can get rid of they can get rid of training camp. It don't really do nothing. But it's nobody. not training camp like twenty like back years in the day. Ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely not. I mean, it's, it's not one hard. practice a day. Yeah, but and that one practice, guys are giving everything they can on an everyday basis, and you can't once you pound that much. There's only so much your body's gonna hold up for. So yeah. when you're in season mode, you're not going that hard. You know, you you got you easing out the practice. Then when game day comes, you're giving everything you got. But training camp, literally everybody's going 110 every day. And you see everybody constantly getting hurt. And it's, it's a, it constantly happens every year, year in and year out. There's nothing you can change about it. You got to do camp because at the end of the day, you got you to gotta understand the game. Right. You got to You have to go through it. You know, everybody wished to get rid of it. But there's no way you can just because you need that time to really understand, you know, the game. You got to be able to hit to get the you know kinks out your body and 
you know, get the fatigueness out and all that from the time you've been off. So you got to get back into game shape. So you need that camp. But, you know, it sucks because you see so many people that go down in yeah. training camp. And going against Tom Brady and them, you already know it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. Guys, going we don't want to lose. We, you ain't gonna come up in here and beat us in our own in our own spot every day in practice. So you know it's gonna get very intense. So you know we just want to keep everybody healthy though. It's funny the fans so excited about the practices with the crazy. Patriots. It's gonna be so fun. The players are all like, it'll be nice. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> it's just one little thing because like you know you can't touch Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know they can't touch Marcus. So that's like it's not for us up front. It's it's really not too much fun because it's like oh I could beat a guy and I got to run past him. Like the celeb- the joy we get is hitting that quarterback, <laughs> pin him in the dirt. Um, but you don't get to do that. When Y'all got to hit Tom Brady quite a bit. Oh, we did last that last year. November. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was I would say last year. That last year was pretty. That was the most I've seen the team. We get to get to Tom Brady, and you know I say Dean Pease. He put a great. He put he put together a great game plan. So. Just looking forward to see, you know, Dean, he holds back in, though, in preseason. So, I don't know how much we're going to be doing. Why do the fellas like playing for Dean Pease so much? Just the way his his personality is. He comes out with so much joy. The game plan that he has all the time, every week, he tries to make sure he listens to everybody's input. Um, If we want changes, he does that. And he's just an easy guy to deal with. Like, most coaches, you go and talk to them, and they really – it's their way. And, you know, he's a guy who – Really let let the players handle things. He let us change certain things that we like. If we he see us do one thing, he'll add that into the script. So it's really like you know it's our defense. You know he's he's the guy controlling everything, but he let us he let us put our input in everything. And I think that's the reason why people love him. And like I say, he's a, such a joy to be around. He just always got a good smile on his face. He's never angry, and you know you you only get that from too many coaches. You've seen some defensive coordinators in your time with the Tennessee Titans. Is Dean Pease's scheme and his style what fits your style of play the best? Um, I would have to say I would have to say so. Um, Dick LeBeau had a great scheme; Ooh. it was amazing. Um, the only difference in the defenses is, and Dick LeBeau, I was a five technique and playing five. What technique, does that mean? So five technique, you're more so head up on the tackle at all times. Okay, you just literally head up on his tackle, and depending on what the play is. I can be moved into a certain situation, which will benefit my play style. But Dean Pease, that guy got me playing back three technique, and that's my joy. That's my baby. I love three technique. It said in and your combine bio you couldn't play three technique. They thought I was a nose guard for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. So what's a, so what's a three technique? So did? three technique, you line between the guard and the tackle. Okay. And in between that space, you know, you got a B gap responsibility. You don't got to worry about two gapping. You just really it's all a penetration football. So what we used what to a, call hit it and get it. Hit it and get it. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 my joy, man. I just get off on the football. I don't have to worry about what's really don't have to worry about the guy in front of me. I just got to get around him and make whatever play if it's run or pass. And that's the joy of it. And I say Dean Pease does a great job of drawing up plays where it's my ability to be able to stunt certain ways, be able to loop around certain things. And he also put it where, basically for me, you know, it's protection. You know, so I can do a certain thing and I'm protected in in both gaps, the B, the A, the C, the C gap, because of the guys that he's bringing. There's always some type of pressure, some type of thing. Um, but he does a great job of drawing up things that, you know, pit, pit offense on their toes. We pit us in so many formations that look alike, but we're doing something totally different in it. And, you know, he, he's, he's a, great, he's a great, um, great mind to have as a D coordinator. He's, he's excellent at what he do. 
You just genuinely like hitting people. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> like, you're That's beaming. <laughs> you're glowing. But he's That's so nice. It. I know. Man, I just tell everybody, like, off the field, I'm the great guy. I, I love everybody. I, I don't I don't want to never disrespect anybody. But when we get on that field, it's a different monster that come out. So, and, speaking of monsters, what about when you and Amy took on the Jaguars after that game? Remember Man, the fight we got into? How crazy was that? It was great. <laughs> Man, that uh-huh. was nuts. So, you're playing the Jaguars. Jaguars to get in the playoffs. Yes. Okay. They messed up mm-hmm. my whole joy that day. Uh, it's Not a, mine. So it's, a, <laughs> so it's a thing. Amy's on the field to interview you after the game. You're going to the playoffs for the first, first time, time in your career. career. Oh, my gosh. You're standing by with Amy, and suddenly you're the road warriors against the Hart Foundation. You know what, what, so, what happened? The thing that was so crazy is, like, the whole time I'm walking over to get ready to do an interview, I'm about to get ready to start crying. I'm like, first time I'm going to play. I'm so I thought excited. he was going to cry. And it was next great. thing you know, I feel a tap on my shoulder. And so when I turn around, I'm thinking they're coming over to congratulate me. And when I go, oh, what's up? He smacks my hand down. And I'm like, like what's good? He's like, <laughs> nah, bro. Because in the game, I hate to say, in the game, one of the guys on special teams took a cheap shot at Wood. And so Wood is my role dog. And I told I told Wesley, I said, look, don't worry about it. I'll take care of him later. And so I caught the guy on one of the special teams plays. And I hate to say I was a bad guy. I gave him a little chin check. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, wow, I can't believe you did that. And so after the game, I'm a thinking like the check. game. Yeah, like a little oh. pop in the chin. Okay. And so after the game, I'm thinking like, this is, this is football. Like whatever happens between the lines happens between the lines. It's over. It's over with. So I'm going to do the interview, and he taps me on the shoulder. And when I turn around, I shake his hand. He smacks it down like, "No, nah, man, we ain't cool. You, you, you hit me in my chin." I'm like, "Are you serious right now?" I'm like, "That's that was already over there." And I see his partner buckle up a chin strap, a trim strap, a little bit. So I'm like, "Okay, they serious." So I <laughs> ask him, I ask him, I'm like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And they, before he can say anything. I had to go crazy. Now, where's Amy at this point? Amy, I right see her. There. She stands right there. She looks like. Wow. Well, I have people in my ears that are like, hey, we're doing this, and then we're coming down to you. And I'm like, I look over. She's in shock mode. Well, and I see them talking, and I was like, okay, I'm used to guys kind of mm-hmm. talking before we do an interview, you know, seeing their old guys and everything. Trading jerseys? Yeah. I was surprised she didn't run. Well, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> so I see them talking, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I hear Jarrell say, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so someone goes, hey, Aim, we're, uh, we're coming down to you. And I said, give me a minute, give me a minute. And then I see somebody move. I think it was Jarrell. Yeah. And I was like, we're not, abort, abort. We're not going to do this, guys. We can't, we can't. But I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go anywhere either. So I was like, I guess I'll stand here for a while and yeah. wait she for it to end. She didn't run. She was there holding move. it down. She mm-hmm. was she was good. I knew it was cool because I came back and I was like, Jarell and I got into a fight. It was awesome. <laughs> I told everybody. But the next, that following Monday at practice, I knew that I was cool. Or I guess it was Wednesday. I knew it was cool because Rat came up to me. Wesley Woodyard came up to me. And they were like, you just hung in there. I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I am did. really tough. <laughs> chilling. And now there's pictures of it, and like <laughs> Jarrell's got him by the like pads, and it's awesome. And I'm standing there, so like I'm and involved. You really don't fight. Not, 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 not I mean, except for nah. the Jets, the one time where you see, I'm more of a uh, like if you if you're doing way too much, then it's time to go. 
Uh, but I'm not going to just be fighting you just to fight you. Right. Like, it's, it's ignorant because, one, I'm going to get tired and exhausted. Now I'm got to go take a break and miss some snaps. But at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, it's the end of the game. Like, we get in a fight right now. One, we both can get ejected or, you know, whatever. And now mm-hmm. my hopes to go play in the playoffs now is over with. Right. Because you don't know what's going to happen that next following week. But I'm just sitting here like, is he serious right now? Mm-hmm. But they both came at me like they were about to really jump me. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like. And the part that kind of ticked me off was that they both had helmets on. I had my helmet off, and they went and buckled up to change that more. And I'm like, bro, that's some, that's some that's weak cool. stuff, bro. Yeah. Like, y'all serious right so now. So, let me, uh, along the same lines, though, do you get a cut of Taylor Lewan's big contract for making him, helping make him the player that he is? Because your work with him in practice, and the two of you's work together, and not getting in fights. Definitely. In, and and he we know he will get in an occasional <laughs> Quickness. scuffle. Quickness. And I'm not but yeah. but I mean it's it's the most professional work you will ever see. It's definitely but, I love it, man. The time of playing with Taylor has definitely grown me as a player one. I tell everybody all the time, playing with Taylor it took me to this next level. Like being this consistent player, being, well, he says being that able, about you too. It's unbelievable. Just how fast he is, just how powerful he is. If I can beat Taylor I'm beating anybody out there, and that's just how I look at it every day. I'm going against the best defense, um, best offensive tackle out there. He's going against the best defensive tackle, and I'm, the thing is, he don't even get to go against me every day. He got to go against you know DNs, but I make sure I'm going against Taylor, no matter what. Even like past years, we used to go against each other every day in practice, and it used to be a great battle. Just you know, he get a play, I get a bit, get a play. I have a great day, he have a good day, and just depending on you know which one of us is feeling a little bit more. You know, one of us is going to push each other a little bit more. But then you'll talk after the after, after the rep. After everything, I come the, over. The what, two what of is you it will I have need? a conversation about time. what just happened. I mean, it's very professional in terms of trying to help one another improve. Yes, sir. That's all it is. Is like you know, we have understanding. Like, okay, Taylor, when it's time to go, it's time to go. When when we chilling, don't try to over overdo me now. And because you see sometimes with Taylor, he, he punks some guys where it's just no. like, not necessarily like punk them, but like yeah. he get guys, he yeah. drive them like, you know, he got that strength in him. And it's times where it's like, hey, look, today is not the day for that. We're going to make sure when it's time for pass rush, when it's time for one on one drills, we can do that. But when we're in this practice stuff, let's, let's ease cool. up a little bit. And so, you know, it's just always a respect thing. And literally, like, you know, we come out days like Taylor, today's the day we're going. And so he understands, like, okay, cool, let's bring it. And then there's days when he's like, okay, something's a little messed up, you know. So it was just like sometimes when you get players in f- across from you, they don't, they don't really understand that. And then when it's camp mode, it's always a go every day. That would, I think that's what takes us to that next level It's camp. Like I said, you need, like, you we hate it. Like yeah. I hate it, but going against Taylor every day in camp is like, you know he's bringing it. And so days you come out there like, okay, what is today? Run days? Whew. <laughs> okay, you better get on your high horse because this guy, he does so many zone scoops and reach blocks that's so so fast. His first step off the ball is ridiculous. And I'm like, if I can get that first step before him, that my game is already up there because there's no lineman, nobody that's moving as fast as Taylor. I don't care. Hands down, no one is moving fast as Taylor off that ball. And so if I can keep up with him and get into position, that makes my job that much easier. And so, you know, going into a game that week or whatever, I'm like, this guy is slow compared to Taylor. So – Zone scheme this week, cool. I got this guy beat. 
And literally, it makes the, it just makes the game that easier. Just going against him, his talent-wise, just the knowledge he have, because he always, you know, like, okay, if you see me doing this, leaning this way, you know, things like this. And so when when you can get somebody doing that, and you go into the game, you see O linemen doing it, trying to they, right. they try because at the end of the day they watch they watch Taylor, they watch other people around the league, and they are trying to do the same thing that they're doing. And so you start to peep whatever skills they think they have. It's not compared to Taylor's though. But you've, you've got to have a tremendous amount of self-control, especially in those times where you're going 110 during camp. Definitely. You've got to to be a guy who's not going to get rattled isn't even the right word, but be bothered by the mess that everybody's talking and the guys that will maybe go 115%. You know, yeah. like the guys who give you a little something extra, that's got to require an immense amount of self-control. Definitely. Because there's time when, you know, dudes, they just yapping just to yap. And it's just like, dude, you're talking for no reason. Like, <laughs> let's, let's, like let's go out here on the field and we can see where, who's going to win. Like, sitting here and going back and forth and yelling, like, it doesn't do anything. Don't do anything for you. Like, I see guys all the time, they get in a fight or whatever, and the next play they get beat. Like, what's the point of going out there getting yourself worked up to, to lose a match? Like, that's just how I would look at it. I don't want to talk mess, and then next you know I'm out here getting pandering on the floor, and it don't make any sense. So what I just do is like, okay, you got something to say? We handle the next play. And literally throughout the play, whatever happens throughout that play is what happens. And then let's go to the next one. And literally that's just how I approach the game. Like, we move on to the next play. You know, whatever happened last time is what it is. This dude got no nothing. Nothing he does is going to hurt me on the field or off the field. So, you know, it's just – you know, having that mindset is just what makes the game easier for me because at the end of the day, if you go into a game with the attitude of always wanting to fight somebody or something like that or I'm going to do something stupid, you just hurting your team. That's all it is. You're hurting your team and nobody wins out of that because you didn't fought the guy. Now what? You kicked out the game. You lost. Your team now lost a good player or whoever the player is. Now the team is hurting. So it's just going to games and practices and fighting like that, you just hurt yourself because at the end of the day, you're losing reps because here when you're going to fight, you're going to sit inside. Mm-hmm. So now you lost a whole day or whatever, and now you don't get the reps. Now you let somebody else get an opportunity to show what they can do, which, you know, you, you never, you, every rep counts. And so if you're sitting there inside the, inside the weight room work, doing extra work because you're fighting, you got five, six other guys that's getting extra reps and coaches seeing what they can do now. And so, you know, you got to take that mindset, you know, put all the BS to the side and come in as a professional and, and take care of business. I think we understand or the people who don't know him understand listening to him why he has been such a good professional and why he has continued to improve and has become part of the elite. The last question, when you walk up there and make the Titans third-round pick in downtown Nashville and you stood on that stage in front of several thousand people when the new uniforms came out and and all of that, this is going to be – three, four times as many people. When you step up there in front of your people to make the Titans pick, can you imagine what that's going to feel like? That, that guy that guy from California who didn't know where Tennessee was. I just was. know how that crowd going to erupt, man. And, you know, they 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 show love out here in Nashville. You, you can't you, – I don't think there's no fan base better than them. And I think they had polled this offseason with their best fans and hand-downs. Appreciate y'all Titan fans for going out there rocking for us. You know, sorry we didn't win the little championship, but you know, y'all, y'all stugged it out. And definitely, man, when I say our crowd back us so strong and to be able to go up on that stage, and I'm pretty have chills coming through my body. Definitely gonna do that. Um, hope I don't mess up. You won't. <laughs> gonna be so juiced up there, man. And I definitely, uh, 
I'm going to wait and see how the reactions go, though. You, you'll do great. Really you'll do great. Listen, thank you so much for taking time with Appreciate us. Appreciate you having me. All right. We'll re- reveal that on the next edition of the OTP Road to Nashville, there's only one thing to say. It's draft week. Woo-hoo! It will finally be here when we see you next. And so we are excited about that. We will have lots of things to talk about on the next edition of the OTP Road to Nashville. For the four-time Pro Bowler, Jarrell Casey, and for Amy Wells, Mike Keith says thanks for joining us. Remember, it is only six days until players are drafted in Nashville. Thanks for being with us on the OTP Road to Nashville. We'll see you next time. Side of the tracks, hometown kid. I'm the one that you heard about. Outside of the in crowd, heart on my sleeve and I'm beating my chest. Got a line of enemies, but I never lose rest. Every penny that I get, I earn. One day I'll go. Since I was young, I caught my own path You can go and make fun, I'ma get the last laugh I'm on top of the world now If you don't like it, you can shut your mouth I'm singing like...